What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 24 of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Not a whole lot of news to report on right now, obviously, with the situation being what it is. I think some information regarding what the future of baseball is going to look like this season in 2020 is starting to leak out, but nothing that's been officially concrete, nothing that's been officially reported. When it is reported, we'll talk about it here, but for the time being, we're just going to continue with my list of the top 25 games of the last decade. Today, we're on to number 20. This one comes to us from October 2nd, 2018, the National League wildcard game between the Colorado Rockies and the Chicago Cubs. This game featured some interesting circumstances because both of these teams played the day before in games 163 or game 163s. I don't know how you uh, pronounce that. I think game 163s. The Cubs had lost at home to the Milwaukee Brewers, which gave the Brewers home field advantage throughout the National League playoffs. And the Rockies went to Los Angeles and lost to the Dodgers behind a tremendous performance by Walker Bueller, giving the Dodgers their sixth straight National League West Division crown. So both these teams, I think, were pretty exhausted coming into this game. You go from one winner-take-all game to another. This time, it's winner moves on, loser season is officially over. There was at least some cushion with game 163. Both these teams had clinched playoff berths. This was obviously not the case in the National League wildcard game. The Cubs, I think, probably felt pretty comfortable. They had their ace on the mound in John Lester. John Lester, always reliable in October, had an all-star season in 2018, fell off a little bit in the second half, but still led the National League in wins, had a 3-3-2 ERA, and like I said, uh, one of the best postseason pitchers of a generation. The Rockies, on the other hand, had a guy who was starting his first postseason game, Kyle Freeland, who had a transcendent season in 2018. People forget about this. 2018 was a tremendous Cy Young race. You had three guys who separated themselves, obviously Jacob deGrom, who won it, Max Scherzer, who finished second, and an awesome season by Aaron Nola, who finished third. But coming in fourth was Kyle Freeland, who had, and this is indisputable, the greatest season ever by a Colorado Rockies starting pitcher. To have a sub-three ERA in Colorado is almost unheard of, and yet this kid at the age of 25 was able to do it. Went 17-7 and with a 2.85 ERA, a remarkable season for the youngster, and was going into Wrigley Field to take on a really good Cubs team in a difficult environment. And how did he perform? Well, we'll talk about it here in a second, but the Rockies were the ones who struck first. Charlie Blackman leads off the game with a walk. DJ LeMahieu hits a ground rule double into the Ivy in left center. Nolan Arenado then hits a sack fly and 13 pitches into the game, it's one nothing Rockies. Lester would settle in, get a big strikeout of Trevor Story and then strike out Matt Holliday, but it would stay one nothing for quite a while because Kyle Freeland on this night you thought this was going to be a performance that turned this kid into a legitimate star. He was sensational. Quite possibly the best single pitching performance by a Colorado Rocky in postseason history. He was remarkable. And this Cubs lineup, this team, you know, only two years from removed from that world championship team in 2016, had much of the same core. This was an unbelievable lineup. Zobrist, Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Almora, Daniel Murphy, who they acquired in a trade, Wilson Contreras, David David Bodie. This was not a lineup to mess with. And Freeland all night was simply remarkable. I mean, very little hard contact, very few high leverage situations. 
But after that rough top of the first, he would be matched almost beat for beat by John Lester, who was brilliant in his own right on this night. Six innings, four hits, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts. Another tremendous postseason performance by John Lester. That's one of the great free agent signings of all time. Theo Epstein going out and getting John Lester after the 2014 season. He was one of the key pieces that helped turn that organization into a champion, and he was phenomenal on this evening. Now, he was taken out of the game after six, much to his chagrin, but I understood the decision by Joe Madden because the Cubs weren't getting guys on base. I mean, no one had even reached third base. The closest they came was in the bottom of the sixth. You have Ian Happ, pinch hit for John Lester, who's being taken out of the game. He walks. Ben Zobra strikes out. Chris Bryant singles to right. Happ goes to second. And the heart of the order's coming up, and you're thinking, all right, is this where the kid finally breaks? Is this where Kyle Freeland lets the moment get to him? Not at all. First pitch to Anthony Rizzo, 4-6-3, double play. The threat is completely extinguished. Now, Freeland would be pulled from the game after six and two-thirds innings. A remarkable performance. Four hits, no runs, only one walk, and six strikeouts. Only 82 pitches. Now, he was taken out of the game in the bottom of the seventh inning. Javier Baez popped out to start that frame. Albert Almora singled to center. Daniel Murphy then hit a line drive on an 0-2 pitch right to the shortstop Trevor Story. And I think I think Bud Black might have panicked a little bit there. I, I wouldn't have taken Freeland out of the game. I mean, I'm very much against taking pitchers out when they're rolling. And yes, he'd given up back-to-back uh, hard contact, but only resulted in a single. There was only a runner on first. He decides to take Freeland out of the game after 82 pitches. Almost cost him, as Adam Adovino, who had been so good for the Rockies in 2018, so reliable for them, and you knew he was going to be the bridge guy to get to Wade Davis. This was Adovino's game now until we got to the bottom of the ninth. He comes in, throws a wild pitch, Almora goes to second, Wilson Contreras then walks, Tommy LaStella, who's pinch hitting for David Bodie, reaches on catcher's interference, and you're thinking at that point, these are the kind of breaks that a team's going to need if they if they want to get back into this ballgame. And it seemed like the Rockies were starting to fold. This was a Rockies team that had only sniffed the postseason the year before in the National League wildcard game when they lost. This was not the most experienced team in the world. The Cubs in the postseason for the fourth year in a row. It felt like the pressure was on Colorado. Unfortunately for Chicago, Jason Hayward was up at the plate. Now, look, Jason Hayward is a is a objectively good baseball player, especially when you look at analytics. He's, you know, a top five defender in all of baseball. That dude does not have a clutch bone in his body. And in the postseason, especially for Chicago, had been pretty much gutter trash. And he came up with the bases loaded and struck out swinging on a 2-2 fastball. And you felt in that moment like the Rockies may have finally put this thing away. I mean, it was one nothing, but the Cubs in back-to-back innings had failed to capitalize on some golden opportunities, and you felt like either the Rockies were going to finally break through and get some insurance runs across the board, or perhaps the Cubs had one more rally left in them. Well, they had one more rally, and things got really, really juicy here in the bottom of the eighth inning. We'll talk about it next. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Now, maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. 
Withings Smart Scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. So like I said, we get to the bottom of the eighth. Adovino gets two quick outs. Zobrist grounds out to second. Chris Bryant strikes out. Anthony Rizzo singles to center. And so now there's a runner on first with two outs. And Madden made the controversial decision to take Rizzo out of the game. He puts Terrence Gore in to pinch run. Terrence Gore is one of the most fascinating players in baseball. Cannot hit. He's an okay defender, but he is put on a postseason roster to do one thing and one thing alone. Steal bases. And on the first pitch to Javier Baez, Gore steals second. So all of a sudden, the decision to take your captain out of the game looks, though, I don't think he's technically the captain, but Anthony Rizzo, the heart and soul of the Chicago Cubs and has been for a while. All of a sudden, that decision's looking pretty great, especially two pitches later on an 0-2 pitch, Javier Baez did this. Good call there by the great Matt Vaskersian on ESPN. Baez would then steal third. Adovino was taken out of the game. Wade Davis comes in, strikes out Albert Almora. This was supposed to be Wade Davis's closing situation, but of course with what happened the previous at-bat, this game was tied. We go to extra innings. Pedro Strope comes on, strikes out Ian Desmond with a runner on second to end that frame. Electric moment. I always like watching Pedro Strope pitch. I think he was one of the most unsung heroes of the Cubs' recent string of success, ultimately culminating in that world championship in 2016. The Cubs' bullpen was not necessarily one to be trusted, and Madden knew that, so he goes to his starters in some of these later innings. We go to the top of the 11th. He puts Cole Hamels into the game in the 10th inning. He gets two solid innings out of Hamels, two scoreless frames, and then after Justin Wilson comes on to face one batter in the top of the 12th, Kyle Hendricks comes out of the pen. Kyle Hendricks, the starter for the Cubs, had been for several years, uh, one of the key pieces to their world title run in 2016, and was pitching some phenomenal baseball. But I do remember thinking, if this thing goes the Cubs' way and they play in the NLDS, who's starting Game 1? I mean, you had Quintana pitch in Game 163. You've had Lester, Hendricks, and Hamels pitch in the wildcard game. Who knows who they're going to go with in game one? You had to, and I don't blame Madden for this. Put all your chips in for this game. You had to win this one. They go with Hendricks. He gets a few ground ball outs. He gets a fly out to DJ LeMayhew. Nolan Arenado then grounds out in the top of the 13th inning. Now you're thinking, all right, he's rolling. And the deeper this thing went, 
you felt like it was advantage Cubs because this was Hendricks's ball game. Now Kyle Hendricks was going to go three, four, five, six innings if need be. This was essentially a start for him at this point. Trevor Story then singles. You know, that's a ground ball single to left, kind of harmless. You then get a Gerardo Parra single to right, and that's the thing with Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is a great pitcher, but in order for him to be elite, a lot of things have to bounce his way because he is a control guy. He's a ground ball, fly ball kind of pitcher, and you get two seeing eye singles. That brings up Tony Walters. Tony Walters, for all intents and purposes, is a terrible hitter and was not good even by Colorado Rockies standards in 2018, but he comes up, gets behind in the count quickly, and then on a 1-2 pitch, this happened. Walters with a base hit up the middle, and the Rockies have taken the lead! It was stunning. I mean, Matt Vaskersian couldn't believe it. It, it was it was a shocking moment, no doubt. Wrigley goes completely silent. David Dahl would strike out in the next at-bat, but the damage was done, you go to the bottom of the 13th, Terrence Gore strikes out, Scott Oberg on the mound now trying to close it out, Javier Baez strikes out, the final opportunity to save the Chicago Cubs season lied in the hands of Albert Almora, and this was the result. Now it's time! The Colorado Rockies have gone on the road and defeated the Cubs to move on to the division series. One of the biggest wins in Rockies history, an incredibly gutsy performance. The Rockies would not go on to make any noise in the postseason, would get swept, would get, frankly, kind of embarrassed by the Brewers. Where this is meaningful from a historical standpoint was what it actually meant for the team that lost this game. It was what it meant for the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs had the best team in the National League in 2018 and one of the best teams in baseball. They were better than the Brewers, ended up not winning the division. They were sure better than the Rockies, no disrespect, but they were a better team than this Rockies team that beat them and they got bounced, and they scored two runs in 22 innings at home in their last two games, which ended up killing them, and they lose this thing in 13 games. This was such a tense game. I mean, so many stars on the field throughout this ball game. a really fun game to watch. Wrigley just hits differently. I mean, watching a game, even at home watching from Wrigley, uh, you just feel like you're watching something special, and you really were. A tense game. Had the Rockies have gone on to do something incredible, you know, make it to the World Series, or Jesus, even win a game in the NLDS, I probably could have considered putting this higher, but as it is, it was just a, a kind of blip in the radar, but a remarkably fun ball game to watch in an incredibly tense game as well. And it's the reason why it's number 20 on my list of the top 25 best games of the last decade. So that's going to do it for today's show. I hope I wasn't off my game today. I don't know. I feel like I was a little bit off. Things are things are so strange right now. I'm trying to do these games justice, trying to do my listeners justice by giving you guys the best content I can. I hope it's working. But you can let me know on my Twitter account, at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter, at LockedOnTigers. If you have any questions for the show as well, I'll be bringing back mailbag segments eventually. You can find me there, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And if you feel so kind, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive review for this podcast as well. I would like to be getting some more listeners here. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on. I would appreciate if you like this podcast. Don't be afraid to spread the word. I would much appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this edition of Lockdown Tigers. Have a great rest of your day and go Tigers.